I want to give a huge thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Therapy isn't something to run away from, it's a vessel to run towards. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online, so break out your comfies. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time, any time, and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. No more fumbling to get a session on the calendar. You schedule based on when the time is right for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. Therapy changed my life for the better, pun intended. And with BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash rocky. That's betterhelp.com slash rocky. this moment I had never seen the movie Jaws. I think after a certain point in life, if you didn't grow up watching something, then as an adult you really don't make the effort. But my mom and I went to see the Broadway show The Shark is Broken, which is about the off-camera real-life conversations that were had on set of the movie Jaws by Richard Dreyfuss, Roy Scheider, and Robert Shaw. Super great show, can't recommend it enough. And one thing I really appreciated is that they played pre-show music. So many Broadway shows just have you shuffling in with no music, and I do not think it's a vibe. Hey Broadway, you're literally Broadway. Take a page out of their book and loosen the fuck up. I also couldn't help but think when I saw the median age of the crowd that maybe one day, 30, 40 years from now, I'm going to be sitting in a Broadway house watching a play about what Seth Evan and McLovin argued about during breaks on the set of Superbad. Ugh, don't tease me, universe. I'd watch that right now. All this to say, seeing this inspired me to watch Jaws. There will be spoilers in the following commentary. But if you haven't seen 1975's Jaws yet, then... It's getting spoiled, baby. Sorry. The movie starts in the quaint town of Amity Island, New York. Why do we care about these people right off the bat, America? Well, they're wealthy whites. Wealthy whites who want to enjoy the 4th of July. What could be more American? The first thing, we've got this woman who's trying to seduce a drunk man into the ocean with her before sunrise. They're both pretty drunk, but she's drunk in a ready-to-bang kind of way, and he's drunk in a, I'll follow you, but I'm gonna sloppily pass out in front of the ocean kind of way. You ain't getting this dick, honey. To me, ocean sex screams bacteria infection. Especially when it's not water so clear you could see to the bottom. I skinny dipped in the Cayman Islands once and a rainbow fish tried to make me a mother. So our girl was definitely swimming up the wrong sea. 
He doesn't follow her. Waste of a seduction. And what happens? Jaws got her. Chomp motherfucking chomp. No one around to save her. Women. We're not safe on land or at sea. Damn. Then we get a sneak peek into the police chief, Chief Brody's life. Everyone in this town is flushed with caucasity. Because this man can't even walk to get his daily donut in peace. Everyone stops him on some bullshit. Does this town have a complaint department? Because god damn. He's not even keeping a notebook on him to filter these complaints. But I can assure you, he ain't listening. After we find out that our girl is, for lack of a better word, mangled, it's time for the chief to make the call. We gotta shut down these waters. Shocker, the mayor. By the way, where has he been for all these complaints people have? When the chief wants to shut down the town, the mayor's like, nah, kid. We got the 4th of July coming up. Patna? We're not shutting down these waters for one incident. This town needs money. So it's money over bitches. What can the chief do? It's profits over people. Michael Jackson said it to the whole world, and I quote, All I gotta say is they don't really care about us. Now I know for sure that MJ was specifically talking about the town of Amity Island. The mayor wants to keep this on the down low. He doesn't want to cause a panic on the 4th. And we get back to the beach and it's full of people. Even the dog, the dog runs into the water. And you know that is one lassie that ain't coming home. He's about to be puppy chow. Like I said, the beach is full of people, loads of kids, and all these kids run into the water. And what do our wondering eyes should appear? Another shark attack. This is an important scene. It's important because if you were ever wondering how to quantify a parent's love for their child, watch this scene. Loving your kid means running after them in shark-infested waters and making sure that they get out that bitch. Even the chief's kid is in the mix, and he ends up unconscious. Of course, his son ending up unconscious is going to rile up the chief and make him more passionate towards the mayor and try to shut these waters down. But the mayor is a shark denier. That's right, I'd equate it to someone in the present day who says all lives matter. They'd be the ones denying the existence of sharks even when we all know the truth. Simply daft, darling. Now we got ourselves a good old-fashioned town hall meeting. These townies do not want to close the beach despite the deaths. It is the 4th of July after all and Steven Spielberg perfectly captured the reality of these types of people. Worst of the worst. And boy oh boy do they not want to be inconvenienced. Unrelated to the movie, if you're the type that simply can't be inconvenienced, I hope your karma is that you have to keep repeating a mediocre, unfulfilled life for the rest of your days. Think about that the next time you're slightly inconvenienced. New character alert! Welcome Quint, the shark killer. He asks the town people for 10k to assassinate Jaws. The people say, no deal, bitch. Who are you? And that they have other tactics. Another new character alert. Enter a young Richard Dreyfus. Now I'm a big fan of young RD baby. He helps assess what type of shark it is and confirms that that is what killed the woman in the first scene. They want to set up some bait to catch the shark. Brilliant. Shark takes the bait and not only takes the bait but he rips off the entire dock into the ocean. This ain't your mama's shark. Now we have all these big manly men on these rink-dink boats thinking they're heroes. 
Oh, you ain't no hero. This shark will chew you up and spit you out and you'll be chum for the fish. But they come back heroes because they did kill a shark. Young RD confirms just because they killed a shark, a tiger shark, doesn't mean they killed the shark. Oof, and these people were so proud as they held this dead shark up, thinking they were the baddest baddies to ever kill a bad shark in Amity Island. If they were real people and not actors, I imagine that their descendants are men I've swiped left on many a times, just for posting a picture of them slapping a base. Just to triple check that they have the wrong shark, they cut it open. Shocker, the wrong shark died. I saw dolphins in the Rockaways once and I have yet to put my head under without deep regret. We don't know what's in these oceans. And even when we're told, it's obvious we don't really care. The chief finally gets the mayor to hire I have a checkered pass with sharks, Quint, to help them kill the shark. And young R.D. and the chief get in an okay-sized boat. They need a bigger one, lol, lol. And they go out to hunt the shark with Quint. These guys in their relationship on the boat is nothing short of the very tense. But tension drives a plot forward, so we are here for it. We got eyes on the shark, and Quint shoots it with a harpoon. But the harpoon doesn't make a dent in this big old shark. So what do the boys do that night? They get drunk together and bond. And that's where we find out why Quint hates sharks. Because he's a USS Indianapolis survivor, duh. The sharks ate all his friends while they waited to be rescued. All of a sudden, boom! Shark slams into their boat, and I'm out. Shark slams into the boat I voluntarily got into to catch this thing, then I am out. Sorry, go find yourself another shark hunter. Luckily for the Isle of Amity, these three were not out. And the next morning, Chief Broads tries to radio the town. Let him know we got a barrel and it's back and we're fitting to take him home. But hothead Quint and his fragile widow ego hits the radio with a baseball bat. You hit my only line of communication with a bat? I'm hitting you with a bat, bro. You're about to be shark lunch. The towing of Jaws goes awry, of course. And instead, he tows the fellas and their smashed-up boat and their smashed-ass radio. Then they try to get away, say, Fuck it, we can't catch this thing, let's go back to land. And the shark chases them. And then the engine blows up. As a last-ditch effort, young R.D. gets in his shark cage in the ocean with a harpoon that's got some bait or something on it. Do you think that the shark hits young R.D.'s cage and destroys it, leaving him vulnerable in the open waters? If you said yes, you'd be right. But he doesn't kill young R.D. No, Jaws hops on the boat and kills Quint. I didn't want to see it happen, but Quint did talk a lot of shit about these sharks. And in a blaze of glory, the chief serves up the police special and shoots Jaws, causing him to explode. Then young R.D. and the chief, they paddle on home on some Titanic-esque props. One man down, but 10K the richer. And that baby, well, that's Jaws. Now I know, and I see what the hype is about. The biggest lesson, though, that I took away from this movie is, ladies, 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 in 2023, we are not luring lovers into the ocean at night to bang. You're gonna get eaten. 
But this time, it'll be way more disappointing than all those times before. Stay safe, swimmers. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week, Party God Squad. Did you have a good week? I hope it was full of laughs, and when those laughs ended, I hope some more showed up at your doorstep. I was talking with a friend a few days ago, male friend. He said that he listened to the show and he wanted to talk about how he agreed with me about women running at night. I said this a few episodes ago that it's not fair that women want to run at night and that they can't because of risk of being attacked or kidnapped or trafficked or catcalled or general abuse in any way, shape, or form that they would endure just simply for having a vagina and be reminded of the power structures that we deal with on a daily basis. But I have since... Had my opinion changed on this? Yes, of course. I believe women should be able to run at night. Women should be able to run at any time of day that they feel like. However, the evidence is proven time and time again that it is very dangerous for women to do this. Doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to. It just proves that it's very dangerous to do it. So, on the theme of Jaws... If you're gonna go swimming in open waters, you gotta be ready. That's it. Mind your P's and mind your motherfucking Q's out there. I love to run. I just do it on the treadmill. And I don't do it on the treadmill because I don't like to run outside. I do it on the treadmill because I like a machine controlling my speed and time. I'm not just gonna start sprinting on concrete, but I will start sprinting on a treadmill. Break a sweat all over that bitch. And speaking of breaking a sweat... Do you know that there are people out there that will buy your socks? Yes, and we are not going to be over here kink shaming. If somebody wants to take a pair of dirty socks and jerk off to them, hey, that's your business. But I make socks sweaty all the time, and I never get paid for it. Literally never. In fact, I have to pay to clean them. So who's out here trying to cop socks? Because I'm starting at $250. Is that low? Should I be going higher? I'm an almost famous podcaster. Maybe I should be starting at 350. And I just gotta say, if there is someone listening to this podcast right now that sells their socks, you have an open invitation to come on this show and tell us all about your sock selling journey. I'll even do one of those things where we gargle out your voice. Yeah, I started selling my socks when I was 22 years old. I just graduated college and I really missed college lacrosse. Now I live in a luxury apartment in the Alps and I'm paying for my grandmother's hip replacement in cash. Come on the show, baby. Let's do this. Get me in the sock game. I'm tired of wearing socks and not selling them and that is a fact. We've got the Barbie and Oppenheimer conversation in a Bruin again. People are saying that Oppenheimer is probably going to take Best Picture over Barbie. And honestly, fucking who cares, right? The Academy is an institution that let their hosts get assaulted on stage and did next to nothing to protect him. 
So it wouldn't be surprising if this extremely high-grossing film that was revolutionary, aesthetically pleasing, well-acted, and beloved by so many lost to a movie about a bomb. I say bombshells over bombs, but I am not a voter in the Academy. When are they going to realize what the American public want to see? Who are these voters? I'd love to meet them. I'm not saying Marvel movies are the best written movies that ever existed, but I think we can agree as a nation that has been something the people have wanted for years. And none of those films were even ever nominated for Best Picture, I don't think. I'm going off no facts. For sake of the argument for Barbie. I also heard that they're going to give Angela Bassett an honorary Oscar. What? Do you know how many times over Angela Bassett has deserved an Oscar? Dozens. This woman is arguably the best living actress in American movie history. Overlooked, overlooked, overlooked. And now you want to give her an honorary Oscar? We should have known when she didn't win for Jackson's An American Dream that the Academy was going to continuously snub her her entire career. If you have never seen The Jackson 5 An American Dream, the five-hour movie about the Jackson 5, what are you doing with your life? These boys are young men now, Joseph. So if Barbie doesn't win, the whole thing is bullshit. But you know who could have told you that? Angela goddamn Bassett. The other day I was on a hot girl walk in my laundry day clothes and a baseball hat outside one of my favorite neighborhood watering holes and boom, a car accident happens. A guy slams into one of those outdoor seating areas. Luckily, no one was inside. Luckily, he didn't break the whole thing down. And I'd almost bet my entire life that he crashed into it because he was texting and driving. Hey, everybody, stop texting and driving. So he crashes into this thing, and it sounded like a car accident because I don't know if you've ever heard one, but that's what they sound like, what this sounded like. And I look over. Then I look over at the bar that I love, and I see two of my good friends in the window, and they see me. And as they see me, and I see them, and I'm processing the car accident, they come outside to greet me. And as they come outside to greet me, the guy who hit the standing thingy reverses his car and hits another car. I thought he was going to speed off. I thought I was going to witness a hit and run. What a complex situation to put me in, because then, if he ran, do I snitch? Snitches get stitches. But how pissed would you be if somebody ran into your car, then drove off, and all the bystanders were minding their own business? You have to. It's the New York way. But it doesn't mean it's any less of a tougher situation to be in. I go inside the bar, even though I was dressed like it was laundry day, and I sit with my friends for like 30 seconds. And in that 30 seconds, a friend of mine walks by. So I tap on the window, and he comes in and greets the three of us. All of this is happening within a two-minute time span. And as I'm introducing my friend to my other friends and the car accident is getting dealt with outside the bar, another friend walks by. But I'm going to be real with you. I didn't have the energy to knock on the window for this friend. They'll remain anonymous. But it was a cacophony of things going on, so sometimes you just got to let some fall by the wayside. What was happening here? It was just an overload of boom, 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 shiny thing, shiny thing, person you know, person you know another person you know. It felt like if I was in a real life video game, this would be some kind of checkpoint option where I would definitely need to save the game. Anyway, I guess that's the last time I leave the house in my laundry day outfit. But to ease the internal voice of judgment, 
I was stoned on this hot girl walk and that felt real good. That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, who was the first person to ever be surprised? Number two, why do I randomly remember being in preschool and ripping the milk out of this kid who was just trying to pour it in his cereal bowl's hands? I shouldn't have done that, but I've never done it since and I'll never erase the memory. Number three, What if boarding an airplane was a free-for-all, but you only got a good seat if you were kind, showed up on time, and weren't a fucking asshole at the airport? I think airlines should take that into consideration. See how everyone's tune changes. And number four. Can't we just put glue traps down everywhere to catch all these lantern flies? Today I killed seven in five minutes. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. If you want to watch extended episodes, please subscribe to me on YouTube. You can support the show with your wallets by subscribing for two or five dollars a month. If you enjoy the show week after week, if it brings you the giggles, if it brings you the laughs, then please subscribe to my Patreon sooner than later. A big thank you and a future thank you to everyone who's written and everyone who will write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. This Friday at 8 p.m., you can catch me live doing improv with the Armory at the Tank Theater in Manhattan. Pay what you can, ticket prices, and a promise of so many laughs. So come through New York City if you're out there. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Wild Nights. I hope your week is wild in the best way. And I... We'll see you next time.